Hey everybody, I'm Eric, and today I watched WWE 2018 Week 17, which began with Raw episode 1300 on April 23rd and concluded with the Greatest Royal Rumble on April 27th. There is a ton of stuff that I could talk about in this episode, but I have... Four pages full of notes. Three and a half pages full of notes. Four pages. Um, 82.5% full of notes. Welcome to Quick Math, the podcast about quickly done math that may not be correct. Uh, all right, so I'm not going to go through every single thing that happened. I did subscribe to Sling. And I did enjoy watching the show um, as it aired, as opposed to waiting until the next day and seeing the Hulu version of the show. Um, that is a reason why these notes are so long, because it's the full three hours of stuff. Um, and it was, I, I enjoyed the entire, I can't even think of a segment that I didn't really uh, care for. I can't think of, did I get that backwards? I couldn't I can't think of a segment that I did not care for. Yeah, I said that correctly. Maybe. Whatever. Uh the two highlights of this episode. Actually actually there are four highlights. Uh number four would be the, the soul and passion that Sami Zayn put into singing Kurt Angle's entrance song. Or the, the lyrics to, you know, you suck. You suck. He put some growl into it. That was pretty great. Um, number three was Dana Brooks' hair and outfits. She just looked awesome in this episode. Uh, so go check out that part of the show. It was a tag team match. Titus Worldwide, which for some reason I wrote Apollo Worldwide in my notes. That's weird. But um, uh, Titus Worldwide versus the brand new to Raw and to the world tag team United Front, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. Um, so, yeah, this whole segment is great to watch uh, anyway. Um, but also watch it to check out Dana Brooks. Awesome. Uh, awesome look that she's got going there. Um, number two was a moment of bliss. This came, uh, late in the program, uh, getting close to the main events, which was a five on five, 10 woman tag team match. Um, which was, uh, not I mean, it was it was nice. I did like the match, but it left the entire rest of the show without any of them for the most part. One of the exceptions to that was the moment of bliss. A PSA about bullying from Alexa Bliss that was really just an attack on Nia Jax. And it was really funny. It was really funny. It was the most well-done thing in the storyline that's happened so far. 
I mean, light years better than the the camera and the microphone were accidentally on too early thing. And that was way, way better than this is your life. Let's not talk about that. I may have promised I would never talk about that again. Or if I didn't, I meant to. And now I do promise to never talk about that again. So that was my number two thing from Raw this week. And my favorite thing, absolute favorite thing, and this would go unchallenged the rest of the week until <laughs> the greatest Royal Rumble, but Drew McIntyre's promo after their match against Titus Worldwide is fantastic. It's so badass, and I am so excited to see what happens with Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. Are, are they going to go after the tag team championships? Maybe for right now. I think we need to see the, the universal championship. The universal championship on Drew McIntyre. Because it would look fantastic on him. And I keep talking about how great uh, people look. In this episode, but I don't think you can argue with the two points that I've made to made so far. Drew McIntyre with the Universal Championship is just posters all over the place. Just posters with that would get people watching more, filling the stadiums, filling the arenas. There's only a couple of stadiums that they actually go to, filling the arenas. Um, it'd be great. Uh, so yeah, a bunch of other stuff happened as well. Uh, we had the final match of the tag team eliminator, which, uh, determined that the deleter of worlds, which it should be deleters of worlds. Well, they're together as a unit. It's singular, but there are two of them. Any, anyway, I, uh, the polarization aside, this is one of the best tag team names. It's, and it, it, yeah, it's the leader of worlds. Uh, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy win against whoever they fought. Who did they fight? No, they that that was last week. They won the the eliminator last week. We already knew that they were going to be fighting the bar. Um, they they fought the Ascension, which was also fun fun to watch, but. Uh, yeah, why did I even bring that up? I don't know. I don't know. I lost my train of thought here. Um, there was the segment with um, Kevin and Sammy uh, interviewing the, the Kevin and Sammy show, the Sammy and Kevin show, actually. Um, and they, their special guest, Kurt Angle. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. But it resulted in them being set up in a, in a, a tag team match against Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman, they, they pretty much got destroyed there. Um, we had Seth and Finn versus the Miz which had a great buildup to it because the Lost Without a Leader, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, first approached um, Seth Rollins and wanted to create a new shield. And then they approached Finn Balor wanting to create a new club. Um, so even if these teams getting split apart was 
only for this bit in this episode, totally worth it. Totally worth it. Okay. Um, what else happened? Oh, and then the main events, um, Ronda wins the 10 woman tag team match. I forget who actually won the thing. Was it a brawl or something? I don't, I don't even know. Um, there is some good stuff in there. And then Ronda, who wasn't actually in the match, uh, comes out and saves, um, Natalia. That's right. Cause they were beating up on her some reason you know i watched so much this week i can't remember exactly what happened but you know i enjoyed it it was a great uh great last few moments i just wish that we had more of the women on the entire rest of the show so that uh that it didn't like yeah they're in the main event that's cool but they were also not really in the entire rest of the show not as cool uh, the next night on SmackDown was so much better in this regard. In fact, a solid amount of the first hour and a bit beyond that had the, the women involved in storylines left and right. It was great. So let's talk about that. Uh, we did open up with Ms. TV, the first Ms. TV on SmackDown since last year. Yeah. Um, Stuff happens, big cast uh, comes comes out and talks, and then uh, we see Daniel Bryan backstage. He's been attacked, and uh, it's it's very heavily implied that it was big cast who did it. Um, the Iconics face Asuka and Becky. The Iconics win. I think it was Peyton who pinned Becky Lynch after uh, a, a little bit of a an assist. From Billy Kay on the outside. Um, I believe it was a roll-up of some fashion um, after getting some leverage off the ropes. But um, uh, we had that, a quick backstage interview with AJ Styles being very happy and announcing that he'll be fighting alongside a couple of good brothers to fight Shinsuke Nakamura, Aiden English, and Rusev. In a six-man tag team match to close out the night. So we'll get to that. Um, we had Rowan versus Jimmy Uso. And, oh my god, I forgot I forgot about this. Oh, this week was great. Oh my god. This episode of SmackDown was amazing. I was in tears laughing. Uh, Naomi enters. Because last week, the Bludgeon Brothers destroy them. Um, and Naomi came out and she was at Jimmy's side in tears. And this week I was in tears because Naomi comes out, does her entrance, and is dancing on the on the entrance ramp, and the Bludgeon Brothers are mesmerized. And the Usos take advantage of this. Jimmy gets the win and they get the hell out of there. It was amazing. Excellent strategy. There's no rules being broken here whatsoever. Um, and in fact, they were very much counteracting the the Bludgeon Brothers' brutality as uh, Harper continually kept trying to get involved, but Jay was able to run interference. But uh, the ultimate interference was yet to come. 
Um, oh man, that was so good. Um, up next, we had the Carmella and Charlotte Flair contract signing. Uh, they signed their contract to for their match championship match at Backlash. Um, <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about all of this. This is all bringing back the best memories. Looking through my my notes for the week. Um, she played the highlights reel that she played last week, demanding that the audience give it the proper response that it deserves. And uh, it did not get that response, so she played it again, which is amazing. I, I hoped that this would go on for the entire rest of the episode. I would have liked it more and more and more as it went on. But um, Charlotte interrupted the second time. They had the contract signing. And, um, <laughs> oh, she's gloating so much. And Renee, um, who's facilitating the whole thing, is like, Carmela, sit down. Be a professional. Um, oh, this segment was amazing. Um, so uh, what happens? Oh, uh, uh, Charlotte eventually signed the contract and then uh, flipped the table over on top of Carmela. Carmella did not sign the contract before we cut to commercial, but we find out later, uh, both from commentary and a special video online, that uh, Renee tracked down Carmella backstage. Was like, hey, you need to sign this because you forgot to out there. And that was pretty cool. Um, okay, so we had uh, Shelton Benjamin, who was going to face Jeff Hardy, but instead, Randy Orton comes out so we're getting this randy and jeff uh friction going conflict this uh yeah this friction and conflict going between those guys with shelton b caught in the middle um stuck in the middle with you that's not that's not the melody of that song um shelton benjamin won this match but it was entirely due to a sneaky sing brother attacking Jeff Hardy and uh, attempting to interfere in the match. Uh, Randy Orton met him with an attack, a counterattack, and uh, his his uh, his his kryptonite is the Singh brothers, absolutely, because uh, he's he's busy calling him stupid. As he, he as he was laid in a heap outside of the ring, and um, Sean Benjamin was able to take advantage of that and get the win. Um, but I I wouldn't a- I wouldn't ask for it to be any other way because we've already seen the worst of that being a thing, so it may as well continue to be a thing when uh, there's nothing actually at stake. Actually, there is something at stake because, well, yeah. Okay, so um, we had a thing with the bar in the New Day backstage. Uh, lots of pancakes and cereal in champagne glasses. Champagne or wine glasses? And they were not in bowls with milk. They are just plain cereal in glasses. It actually sounds like a pretty, pretty good thing. I've had cereal from a cup. A glass would be uh, pretty similar. And then it gets the shape of it. You know, it gets a little bit more aeration and uh, it uh, brings out the flavor a bit more because it can breathe. And then you get the lit, it, it, it's got legs. You can see as you swirl it in the glass. 
These, I think these are all wine tasting terms of some fashion. Okay. Um, uh, I did work at an old Chicago as a server, not as a bartender. So I didn't, wasn't extreme experts in the, uh, the drinks. Um, but they did uh, teach us a, a base level of stuff so you could talk in, in an informed manner, somewhat informed manner about the the wine that people so often order at a at a at a draft house. You have uh, over a hundred beers on tap, and uh, people order wine. It's like why why did you come over? Why did you come to this place? Go to the Go to the wine shack across the way. Okay. Um, uh, Daniel Bryan uh, explains that he's blindsided by a coward and that he's going to go one-on-one against Cass at Backlash. And uh, we get a little bit more development with that at the Greatest Royal Rumble, which we'll talk about very shortly. I'm getting close, close to it. Uh, We had the club versus bubs, uh, which – that's a temporary nickname for, for the team of Rusev Day and, and Nakamura. Um, Nakamura has a new entrance music video entrance vi- video thing. Um, it's awesome. It's super awesome. Um, and it also does not facilitate singing along with it, which is also awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Nakamura Kinshasa to the back of Luke Gallo's head. Um, and then AJ attacks and Anderson takes a Kinshasa for AJ. But then Nakamura hits him with another and uh, sends that message to AJ Styles that uh, I'm going to mess your, your stuff up, bud. Bub? But he's the bub. According to my notes. Um, so a pretty, pretty solid ending to this episode. This is the best episode of SmackDown that I can remember. Um, I can't even, maybe, maybe that's uh, one episode that was like just suddenly like pay-per-view quality out of nowhere at the end of 2016, I believe it was um what did they even call it it was like the wild card challenge or something it's like there was no build-up to this at all just suddenly they're like tonight's the wild card challenge we're in las vegas it's gonna be amazing and it was amazing and uh that was probably the best episode of smackdown that i had seen then this episode uh totally knocks it out of the park another uh pole release from it's a really saggy tent if the tent bowls are that far apart um there are a few episodes after that but the from last year's shakeup until now it's been uh you know you know you know um okay so 205 live real quick this is the gauntlet match to determine who would challenge cedric alexander for the cruiserweight championship at the greatest royal rumble and this is awesome this is awesome. We had five participants. Was it five? One, two, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five participants. We start with TJP versus Mustafa Ali. Ali advanced with the 054. Then Drew Gulak. Um, he killed Ali with 
everything he had. He gave this match everything, and Ali was out. He was uh, sent um, out of the ring into the steps, and instead of letting him get counted out, Drew dragged him into the ring, put him into the gulak lock, the gulak. That's right. Um, and, uh, like, he didn't even need to do that because Ali was totally out. Anyway, uh, next up was Tony Nice. Um, Gulak also defeated him with the Gulak. Uh, he did not nearly murder him like he did Mustafa Ali. But, um, there was a, a nice little break after this that, that Gulak took. Um, leaning back on the announcer's table, he needed a little breather there. He regained his composure. But he should have just kept it going because Kalisto is his next opponent, and Kalisto is able to get the upper hand and win. Um, oh, man, there's this uh, – I think he was – it was like a suicide dive type of thing um, that Kalisto is doing to Gulak, who is outside um, on the floor – and Gulak just uses his his momentum and directs Kalisto, slams him into the corner between the barricade and the floor. Holy crap! Like I, uh, I that had to really, really hurt. It there was no way that di- that felt good, even even the slightest. Yeah, amazing. And then they show it in the replay. Of course they showed that in the replay because it was crazy. Um, but Kalisto does win, and it's a Kalisto house party. No, it's a Lucha house party. Um, Lisa Dorado and Grand Metalli come out to celebrate. They got their noisemakers, and um, everything is great for now because he has to go up against Cedric Alexander at the greatest Royal Rumble. See if it's a Lucha house party then. We'll find out. Got my pages rustling as I turn the page to NXT episode 446. Um, we had Adam Cole versus Oni Lorkin, which I wrote as Orkin for some reason. That would be Oni Lorkin if he were a killer whale, which I kind of want to draw now. Um, if he has two black eyes because of how much he, he he fights and just goes hard all day and night, um, he would look more like a, a killer whale. Uh, so before this match, Undisputed Era just had this excellent promo talking about how they've, they're taking over everything. And they've showed that if you put the pressure on them, they're just going to be the, the best, basically. Um, and, uh, Adam Cole insists that he doesn't need any help fighting this guy. Uh, but he does end up getting help. He does win or at least I can't remember the exact finish of that. If it was a disqualification or not. Anyway, he does not lose the championship, the North American championship, the first ever North American champion, NXT North American champion. Um, and the Undisputed Era lays into Oni Lorcan, but Danny Birch comes to the rescue. Also, we learn later this week uh, on Twitter and stuff that Danny Birch has signed a full-time NXT contract. 
Um, he has not been full time so far, even though we see him a lot. Um, and I think this will be great because they, they, they might get an actual tag team name. Maybe they have their own combined music because, well, both of their music is pretty great. Their separate entrances are kind of, it's, it is kind of nice because you got Oni with the one finger up and then Danny Birch falls behind with the two fingers up and then it's they're, they're the three or something. I don't, I don't know. They're <laughs> thing one and thing two. There Will Be Blood is the name that I call this tag team. And uh, maybe they'll come up with something better. If they don't come up with something as good or better than There Will Be Blood, I'll be disappointed. But if they never have a tag team name, that's just what I'll, I'll call them. It'll be fine because it's not conflicting with their existing tag team name if they don't have one. Um, we had Heavy Machinery who defeated Riddick Moss after Tino Sabatelli totally bails on his partner. So this long-standing feud that's been going on since uh, time immemorial. Um, the, the feud might be over because these two can't get along. They're probably getting frustrated that they can't beat Heavy Machinery. Um, afterwards, <laughs> so they're going to raid the buffet and eat all the steaks and raid all the gyms and lift all the weights. Saying it like that, it sounds very much like a Dr. Seuss book. And I could absolutely see Otis Dozovich and Tucker Knight as stars of a children's book. Um, it, it would be amazing. It would be uh, green steaks and, and weights. Uh, I could I could probably do better than that if I thought about it. But anyway, we had a Dakota Kai interview backstage. She is very reluctant to talk about Shana. She's not just very reluctant. She refuses to talk about Shayna Baszler and the incident from last week. Um, and then we had what was supposed to be Johnny Gargano versus Aleister Black in a NXT championship match, but Gargano was attacked during his entrance by Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Entertainment, um, Tommaso Ciampa. Um, it just totally just wrecks him, puts him through tables, beats him, beats the crap out of him uh gargano gets taken away on a stretcher candace is uh very very distraught about the whole thing um uh, the, the one thing about this it is a great moment that as johnny is being uh wheeled past the nxt truck there that uh they pass alistair black who is baffled at what just happened but uh it doesn't seem very happy about it um the the one the thing about it for me though is that why was he all the way outside like he would presumably have been right backstage ready to make his entrance like three four minutes before this um so if the match had gone unhindered by this attack Alistair Black would have been very 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 late so um anyway uh we we see him go inside the ambulance gets loaded up it drives away and tilts up to Tommaso Ciampa on top of the that NXT truck just looking at his handiwork drive off into the sunset it's it's already nighttime but it, it whatever um Alistair, 
He was ready to, to have a match to defend his championship. Sanity comes out. Sanity sans Nikki. Uh, they come out, and Eric Young challenges Aleister Black to an NXT championship match, and Black says, all right, sure, let's do this. So our main event ends up being Aleister Black versus Eric Young. It was a pretty great match, and it ended with a victory by Aleister Black. He hit the Black Mass. And then uh, the rest of Sanity, Alexander Wolf and Killian Dane tried to uh, attack Alistair Black, get him back for that loss. But uh, he hits them with a couple of black masses too. That's a triple black mass, triple knockout. Pretty badass. So, there we go. That's NXT this week is pretty, pretty dang solid. Then we had main events. Zack Ryder defeated Mike Kanellis via a Rough Rider. And as it turns out, he was injured during this match. Luckily, not a major injury, um, but he did have to miss the greatest Royal Rumble to get checked out by all the doctors. Um, it wasn't really apparent in the match. He fought through it very well. If I didn't know about it when I, uh, when I eventually saw the match, when it aired... Um, I wouldn't even, I would have had no idea. Um, so there we go. By the way, this is the first, I say this every time it happens like once a month. It's like every fourth episode, we don't have a, a, a Kurt Hawkins match. Um, so th this was this month's break from, uh, continuing the losing streak. Uh, we had the Revival versus Beauty and the Man Beast, and the Revival won via a Shatter Machine. Um, I loved this moment in this match that uh, I think it was uh, Dawson outside of the ring, and Wilder was uh, being held on the shoulder of Rhino, I think. And he was just trying as hard as he could to stretch his foot back to get the tag. And. Dawson tags his foot and the ref is like, no, you can't tag his foot. That's not how it works. Uh, that was great. Hey, hey you got to try. If you're not trying, you're dying. Or something. What is the phrase? You're, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. That's the, that's the phrase that's commonly used in wrestling. Yes. So they were, they weren't cheating, but they were trying to see what was cheating. I guess. So they found they found it there. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about the greatest Royal Rumble. <laughs> oh. Uh, Titus O'Neil. The best moments in all of wrestling history. Him running down the ramp, tripping and <laughs> sliding right under the ring. It was amazing. Oh my gosh. Um I Missed it. I thought I missed it when I was watching because I was so tired. That time I worked Thursday night overnight, so by the time the actual show started, the pre-show started at nine here in Denver, and then by ten o'clock I had already been awake for like thirteen hours or something like that, and that was after like two hours of sleep in the evening. So it's not it's not the same as thirteen hours after a full night's sleep. Anyway. I was so out of it. Honestly, I, I missed a lot of 
the greatest Royal Rumble. I, I saw all of the finishes somehow. Um, but I missed a lot of it because I kept falling asleep. Because um, I was extremely tired. Like, from the start of it. Um, but I did. I was awake for the entire Rumble match. And it was, the whole match was awesome. But uh, I think what gave me the most life this entire year so far is um see, seeing Titus O'Neil just slide under the un, in, in under the apron underneath the ring it's so funny and it, it keeps seeing posts of gifts and videos of it and it's it's just as funny if not funnier every single time um and it's so great that he's okay that he didn't get really hurt because it def- it, you could definitely get very hurt doing that um it's like uh on those shows where they say if the bullet was two inches further up then it would have hit your heart is that kind of thing that he with surgeon-like precision he hit the exact right spot to not get uh super hurt by <laughs> falling under the ring um because there's a post in the middle he missed that and it's you know it's solid there's a post across the middle horizontally as well um with all the strappings for the the mat and stuff so anyway it's so so funny oh my god the rest of the like the the rest of this this pay-per-view this show like doesn't even matter because that was so good, but I will talk about it real quick. John Cena defeated Triple H. Um, Cedric Alexander defeated Kalisto via the lumbar check. Uh, the deleter of Rolls defeated the Bar to become the next Raw Tag Team Champions. Um, this was only one. This is the only title change. It was actually a title change because the the there was nobody holding the title at the beginning of the match. Um, every, every other title on this show remained with the, the person who is already champion. Um, interesting, I suppose. Uh, Jeff Hardy successfully defended his Un- United States championship against Jinder Mahal via Swanton. Uh, then we had the uh, Bludgeon Brothers successfully retain against the Usos. Uh, Seth Rollins uh, utilized one of the best ladder match strategies is to springboard over onto the ladder and then climb up super quick. Um, he did it so quickly that he smacked <laughs> poor Finn. He took a lot of damage in this match. Uh, Finn was on uh, on the ladder and uh, he was getting close to getting that, that championship. Uh, but Seth ripped it off of the hanger there and uh, hits uh, Finn in the eye. He got a, a pretty good cut there. Uh, lots of blood uh, dripping from uh, from his eyebrow. Uh, no, not even his eyebrow. It's like right above his eye. That could have been bad. But um, yeah, so Seth retains the Intercontinental Championship. Um, AJ Styles retains the WWE Championship after a double countout. And they continue to fight after that decision is made. Um, so this, this match was a lot of fun. A lot of fun to watch. It had a very different energy from the WrestleMania match because um, now they know we're not just we're just going at it now. We're not showing how great 
wrestlers are. We are showing how great wrestlers we are. But this is a uh, a, a match of passion as opposed to a match of respect if, or something like that. Um, and I was thinking about this. If you, I, I haven't gone back to watch anything pre-WrestleMania yet, but I kind of want to so I can watch some of these thinking about it, and it would be interesting. See, uh, Nakamura is kind of giving AJ crap, like, oh, you should be more confident in yourself and things like that. And it might be an entirely different light if we knew that this was what was uh, broiling under this boiling or broiling either one underneath the, the surface there, the, the true nature of Nakamura's intentions. Um, but, uh, that's, that's an experiment for another day to go back and watch all those segments. Um, we had the casket match between the undertaker and Rusev and the undertaker won as he buried both, um, Rusev and Aiden English. And uh, you get that that nasty tombstone pile driver to Aiden English. He got smacked right on the top of the head for realsies. Why did I use that word? I'm sorry. Um, and then we had Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns in a cage match, which Brock won because he was the first to hit the ground. Um, that's the maybe we'll get a, a little a, a, some addressing of that um on on raw next week so yeah because brock hit the ground first after getting speared through the wall of the cage he he wins and he retains the universal title all right yeah um the royal rumble itself 50 people in this um some highlights tucker knight i kept yelling tucky at my screen sure my neighbor did not appreciate that if they were home during this time but it, uh, it's very likely that they are um at work or at school whoever is in that particular bedroom that's that neighbor's mine anyhow uh the this entire match was so great and commentary was amazing i felt like these guys were having a ton of fun and also losing their minds um and this was before we even got to the titus world slide um oh man uh when i think it was fandango who came out and uh okay the comment commentary the entire night the entire day the entire afternoon the entire show was Corey byron and michael cole and they it was great it was great um and uh, it was partially because they were losing their minds but uh <laughs> fandango comes out and cole says like oh it's fandango and i think it was Corey. is like how did you know that He's, I, I i saw his name on the screen you goof um <laughs> i'm calling him a goof um where does that where did that come from uh we also had an aquabats reference made by Corey graves and i, I heard it and i was like wait did he did he just say aquabats and yes he did i forget what the exact reference was um but yeah that made me happy um and then of course the trip 
Um, we got to see a 619. Always great. Rey Mysterio in the mix. And uh, then an RKO to Braun Strowman, but it wasn't enough to put him down. Uh, Kevin Owens came out. Uh, it seemed like he was going to be uh, standing a good chance to uh, team up with all the bad guys who were in the ring at the time. Um, but then one after another, we had, while well, Daniel Bryan was in the ring, the, he entered number one um, and set a new record for longest time in a Royal Rumble match, which is so cool, um, but felt just short of actually winning it. It seemed, it seemed like a real possibility. As every other person got eliminated throughout the match, it, it got me thinking more and more, like, he might actually win this. That would be so awesome if he wins this. I really want him to win this. Before, before this match started, I thought, okay, Braun Strowman's going to win. I want Braun Strowman to win. And he did, but uh, most of the actually watching it, I thought, Daniel Bryan has got to win this because this is great. Oh, my gosh, Roderick Strong chopped the hell out of his chest. Holy crap. And the backstage interview, it seems like he couldn't be more happy about it. Danny Bryan, that is. He is uh, is the biggest smile that uh, I've seen since he was made general manager of SmackDown. Um, There are a couple of times that he's been very happy about other stuff, but this is uh, being that happy with those huge of welts on his chest. Oh, it's so great to have Daniel Bryan in the ring. Um, so, uh, yeah, Kevin Owens, he got hit by a string of, of bad luck with, uh, Shane McMahon coming out and then number 50, Chris Jericho. And, uh, yeah, it was just, just, uh, too much for, uh, Kevin to, to overcome, especially because uh, he didn't have anybody who really had his back in there with him. So. Braun Strowman, the first winner of the greatest Royal Rumble, a gigantic trophy, and a special championship belt. Um, so uh, is that something that he'll actually like carry around with him and stuff? Um, for, for either of those things, I, I guess we'll find out next week on Raw. So o- overall... I didn't talk about the majority of the stuff that I liked about this entire show. I didn't even mention that Samoa Joe and The Miz were in that Intercontinental Championship match. Why didn't I mention that? And uh, yeah, there were things that weren't so great about uh, about the show that mostly people who were there in the floor seats weren't paying attention at all. But uh, those up by the entrance ramps were very into it. And then, of course, John Cena's entrance. He got all those kids up there with him and all of his gear, the, all the, the mini John Cenas. That uh, I mean, we saw them, so they're not entirely John Cena yet. But um, uh, that, that was cool that you could tell that there were people there at the show that were way into it but with how everything was set up and how far away 
most of the crowd was with a void, a giant void between the floor seats and the rest of the stadium. That, uh, a little bit different. Maybe they could have set up some microphones that were closer to all of them to and, you know, piped that into the mixer boards um, to, to liven up liven up the place a bit but anyway um yeah great great matches and you know it was there were no championship changes other than the one that didn't have a a title holder um going into it and and that's fine this is like a bonus show um it did take away from the historic episode 1300 which got little to no fanfare. I think it was mentioned twice on the actual episode and it wasn't made a big deal at all. And I don't think it was mentioned on any episodes leading up to it at all because we're coming right off of WrestleMania and uh, right off of the superstar shakeup. And then, you know, four days later, the greatest Royal rumble And then right after that, we have Backlash. So there are other things that are more exciting than, you know, just the episode 1300. So um, that's it. I thought it was a great, great week of um, of wrestling matches and story stuff and comedy and mishaps. Most importantly, mishaps. And... Let me put this out there real quick. That I, I think the joy that this particular botch has brought us with Titus World Slide, um, I feel like uh, there's a lot of negativity around uh, around botches that uh, it causes one to criticize the people involved in those. Like, oh, they're so bad and. Uh, they don't know what they're doing and stuff like that. And it's like, this is live entertainment. You know, uh, even if it's not broadcast live for other shows, um, they're, they're not spending a whole lot of time editing out stuff to make the, the make things look flawless. You know, it's uh, a live event. It's, uh, you know, a live stunt show, basically. And the fact that things don't go perfectly, um, you know, can add to the entertainment. It, it adds to the realism of it. Not the realism of, like, oh, they, they, they messed it up so it didn't look like that move connected, that kind of thing. But the realism of, like, they are actually doing this live and there's, there is no safety nets. Uh, you know all the high flying stuff they it's the floor and the 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 ring that has some give to it to absorb impact and all that kind of stuff but uh you know they're not wearing harnesses things like that they're not wire fighting there's no green screens or anything like that and uh you know mistakes happen and uh i think you know enjoy them but uh mistakes happen uh, we, I don't think we have to jump on anybody whenever they they do something that isn't 100% perfect because nobody is perfect 
100% of the time, especially when they're in a live stunt show, basically, where they can get very hurt. And they're doing some incredibly athletic things. And the last thing that anybody needs when they're doing that sort of thing is to have, you know, hundreds, thousands of voices uh, coming at them saying, like, don't mess it up again, blah, 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 like that, you know. Because I, I, I'm sure that anytime something goes wrong, that those individuals are, are already very hard on themselves um, and want to make sure that they that uh, it, whatever happens that, that went wrong doesn't happen again. Um, or if it's something that's uh, got some really good response, how to make it happen again with, uh, with more controlled factors to make sure uh, no injury happens. Uh, which we, I, I don't know. Maybe we'll see that. Maybe we'll see that with the uh, the slide seen around the world. Um, so uh, yeah, that that's that's it for this week. So embrace mistakes and learn from them. Don't be Debbie Downer about that or anything really. Um, so that's it for this week. Greatest Royal Rumble, Raw 1300, everything in between. Let me know what you thought about it by tweeting me at TIW Podcast. Go to todayiwatched.com for more reviews. If you enjoyed this episode or anything else on the site, please share some links with your friends. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review on iTunes, and support the show even more at patreon.com slash todayiwatched. I'll be back next time for week 18 of WWE 2018. Bye for now.